Hey, Boardroom Podcast listeners, you're about to hear an incredible story from a great white shark attack survivor. Also quickly want to mention the California Gold Surf Auction, the theme, Golden Guns and Wicked Wood. And we've got some incredible boards, including Lightning Bolt, Hobie, Surfports Hawaii, Dick Brewer, Reno Abalera, Country Surfboards, Al Merrick, Steve Lish, George Greeno, Greg Knoll, Rennie Yader, Pat Curran, Mickey Dora, Bing Copeland, David Nueva, Phil Edwards, Tom Parrish, Dewey Weber, Tom Moray, Ben Ipa, Bruce Jones, Michael Peterson, Buzzy Trent, Skip Fry, Terry Fitzgerald. John Kelly, and many others. California Gold Surf Auction takes place April 16th. Takes place April 16th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Lots will be available for preview sometime in late March. All right, on to the podcast. I had the privilege of meeting and interviewing Keen Hayes. Keen is 15 years old and two years ago survived a horrible great white shark attack here in San Diego at Beacons Beach up in the north of San Diego County in Lacadia. I got to say, this kid was amazing, humble, thoughtful. I was blown away by his maturity level. I think you will be too. I sense that Keen is going to do some great things with his life, and I'm looking forward to watching it all unfold. The Boardroom Podcast with Keen Hayes. Let us begin. Uh, Keen, welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. What I would ask is if you would just speak kind of close to the mic. You can even tilt it up. Okay. Taller. Yeah. Okay, so um, Keen, you're an avid surfer, and you're a diver, and you're an ocean enthusiast, correct? Yep. Yeah, I love the ocean. Just love everything about it. Just want to spend as much time as I can in the ocean doing everything, you know, whether it's fishing, surfing, diving, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned you have a, a Steve Seabold surfboard in your car. I do, yeah. What's your connection with Steve Seabold, San Diego Shaper? So um, I was out diving one day um, at Beacons, and um, I was coming up, you know, the switchback, and I met this dude, and he like we stopped and talked for a while, and I was like, I mentioned that I would love to, you know, shape a board, and he was like, oh, well, my name's Ken Brown, and I shape boards, and I was like, okay, this is perfect. I just met this super rad dude, so. We connected later, and um, I went down to Seabold's like house um, shaping room. Yeah, and yeah, I just I shaped a board, and then I'm demoing like a nine six longboard from him. So it's cool, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah good. Well, um, for listeners that don't know, Keen at the age of thirteen, in, in early October of the year twenty eighteen, yeah, two and a half years ago, you were attacked by a great white shark at Beacons. Yep. Uh, a surf spot and a beach here in San Diego. Um, is Beacons your local beach and your local surfing spot? Um, I I go there every once in a while. I like to go there. It's a it's a fun longboard spot. But I go a lot. I go to a Cardiff Reef a lot, and in the mornings I go to like pipes and stuff. But yeah. I try and go there every once in a while, you know, just because it's so special to me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And um, so before the attack, so just so everyone knows. Um, early October of 2018 was opening day of lobster season. Yep. Right? And um, you were going to go for an opening day dive. Yeah. Um, were you an avid diver before this incident? No, I wasn't. It was actually my that that day that I got bit was my first time ever going. I was just kind of, you know, just going to like feel it out and see, you know, what it's all about. And my friend 
Noah, um, Noah Hartman, and he was a pretty big diver. And he was like, hey, you should come with me and just check it out. So I was just going to check it out. And then that happened. So so that was your first dive? Yeah, that was my yeah first dive. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. And what kind of um, preparations did you have? Like, did Noah go, okay, here's the gear? Like, did you have gear? Did you like, what was your prep for this? So I think we prepped like about two weeks before. Maybe I was like, he was like, Hey, opening day is coming out, coming up. And I, every day I was just watching every dive video there is. I was just watching lobster, spearfishing, tuna, like everything. And I was just like, this is awesome. I want to do this so bad. And I was like researching like, Hey, you need a mask and all that. So I kind of just learned from YouTube. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to learn, but yeah, I was just so like mesmerized by it. And I just, I was like, I know I need to do this. So cool. Yeah. And, and so did you have any goals? Like, were you like, um, I mean, first of all, did you need a light? Do you need a license as a young guy to, to go diving? Um, because when it happened, I was under 16. You don't need a license. Yeah. So that's okay. good. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you and Noah are like, let's go. And so this morning, uh, the morning of, and I call it an attack. I noticed you call it a bite. Do you yeah. have a preference? Um, attack sounds way better. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm good with whatever. Yeah. I just like to call it bite. You do know, you? It's more, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I, yeah. I find that fascinating that like, you know, your, yeah. your turn of the phrase and how it might affect you. Had you ever, were you aware that Dr. Martin was bitten by a great white shark uh, in Solana Beach in 2005? Um, I definitely, I definitely heard about that, you know, and I, I, I don't know, it's always in the back of my mind, you know, especially before I was like, oh, that did happen, you know, but I always know, like, they're not out there you know, just buy everything. And I feel like, you know, like I'm very thankful that. Basically what I'm trying to get at is like, for me, every time I go in the ocean at some point, it's like, Oh, there could be a shark below me. Who knows? You know, yeah. whatever. Maybe it's a small one. Maybe it's a big one. So this idea of um, being concerned, not worried, but maybe concerned or at least acknowledging that, you know, there's some pretty big beasts out here. Yeah. I mean, it is their home, you know, they live out there and I, you know, I feel like we're kind of like, you know, the tourists and we're going out there to kind of check it out. And, you know, they're obviously out there, but you know, like it's their home, you know, and they don't really understand us, you know, like they can't just come up and be like, Oh, you're a human, you know, like, like they don't really have good eyesight. So they have to bite, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. And so I just know that is how the way they work. And I'm, I don't know, I'm glad that you know, it's so rare for people to get bit and, you know, like even that one little bite can, you know, just, yeah, just mess everything up. So, yeah. 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 So that morning as you entered the water, um, what were the conditions like? Like at what time was it and what were the conditions? You and Noah, I guess you, you, you tromped down the trail of beacons and what's, what are the conditions like? So I got there and I was just, it was probably five in the morning and I like, you know, I go up to him, I'm like, Hey, can we go diving? Hey, come on. And so I, we get there and we're just super early. And my mom was like, why are we this early? And it was still dark out. And then um, like the season actually opens at 6 a.m. Um, and it was 6. I was like, no, are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Are you coming? Are you close? You know, I was like, I was just so pumped to get in the water. And no, it was late. So I had to wait. And then um, the sun was just coming up and it was just it wasn't like, you know, it was just kind of like a morning, you know, it was kind of just a little foggy out, just kind of, you know, not like super eerie, but kind of gray, you know, mm-hmm. and the water was super clear and it was just calm and like a small day. And I was like, 
wow, this is pretty good. You know, in my mind, I was like, you know, I was watching videos of like Australia with like 80 foot viz and it was like 30 foot viz. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is pretty close, you know? And it was just super clear and it was just a calm day. And did you and Noah, did you guys have a plan? Like, like let's stick together or yeah. let's get every time you get if you get one like like were you guys like kind of teaming up or what was the plan if you had, in fact had one um we really honestly didn't even have a plan we we're just kind of like okay let's just go out and try and at least like see one or touch one maybe yeah. Yeah. and yeah we were just kind of dorking around and just you know we we're just sticking by each other and i was just kind of following him because he'd done it before yeah and i was just yeah i was just following him and so I imagine you're you're up at the top with your snorkel and and then you're like okay you maybe point and you just go and you dive into a little crevice and look around. Yeah, yeah, like I could see the little antennas. I'm like, oh Noah, go because you know I know I knew he was much better than me, so I was like, okay, go go grab him. Yeah, you know, and I was just kind of leading him around, but yeah, and then I was doing a couple dives and I was just like looking around, you know, upside down and stuff, and yeah, and I just that just happened. How 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 long uh, were you in the water before? Mm-hmm. The shark approached you. Probably less than an hour. I was, yeah, because we were just going out and like we just got past the surf and we saw some like rocks and it, we were in the seagrass and stuff. And yeah, probably less than an hour. So maybe 45 minutes. So yeah. pretty, pretty quick, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, had you, had you or Noah grabbed any lobsters at this time? Did, were there any lobsters in your bag? No, we didn't have any in our bag. We saw a couple and we we tried, but yeah, we we're still we we're still getting started, so we we're pretty hopeful, you know. But yeah, we didn't have any. Unfortunately. And were there other guys around you? Were there other opening day lobster divers around you? Oh yeah, there are tons because opening day is like a holiday for some people. Like it's it's a big deal around here, and yeah, I remember like just pulling up and it was like five thirty, and the sun was down, and the whole parking lot, the street was full, and everything. I was like, oh my. God, it's there's every, like everybody and their brothers here right now, yeah. and yeah, there are a ton of people, probably fifty to sixty people, like just around me, you know, but weren't with my group, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so you're in the water. You're about forty five minutes in. You're probably feeling pretty comfortable at this point. Yeah, um, you're cruising around with Noah, um, and then the shark attack occurs. Did you? Did you have any sense of foreboding or any did just right before it happened were you like something's wrong or maybe perhaps did you see the shark? No, I no I didn't see the shark shark and um I really didn't feel like anything was wrong. I was like, okay, this is just like another little dive, you know, I'll just go. And then yeah, like I I really wasn't expecting it and I just came up and it just completely took me by surprise and So you were going down no, or so, you were coming back up? So I was going down and I kind of looked around for a bit. And then as I was coming up and I was like two feet from the surface and then it just like it felt like someone just tackled me because, you know, I played football and I just, I just get tackled all the time. That's what it felt like. And like my mask came off and I, I felt that kind of, you know, fly off. And I was just like, oh, my God, what was that? You know, when I came up to the surface, I was just so confused and disoriented. Then, yeah. That. Right. So so at that point, like the the point that the shark was on you because the shark attacked your back basically your scapula and your kind of in your neck and your yeah. upper region of your of your right side or left side? left side upper region of your left side yeah um 
at that point, you didn't know, you weren't saying to yourself, "Oh, this is a shark on my back." You're you're basically just like got hit by a linebacker, and yeah. you're kind of yeah. could have been a boat for all you knew. Yeah, I yeah, I just came up to the surface, and I honestly I thought it was my friend Noah, you know, because he knew it was my first time. I was like, "Oh, it's just Noah," you know, he just hit me or something under the water just to scare me, you know. And then I like look over, and Noah's snorkel is still in the water. I was like, "That's weird," like you know, really. So there was no pain. From no, the, there, yeah, there from really the wasn't. Incision or, and what do you attribute that to? Why do you think there wasn't any? Honestly, I don't know. Just because I think it took me by so much surprise, I kind of, I really didn't, and I was so like disorientated and you know kind of confused. I didn't, really didn't know what was going on, you know. Um, and also because it just tore through my whole back, so probably some nerves. Def, de- I mean, definitely nerves were cut and stuff, you know. But yeah, I honestly, I don't know why. I, I th- I'm pretty glad I didn't feel yeah. the teeth or anything. Yeah, and it like shook me and stuff, and yeah, that's that's a that's a great point, right? And I have that in my questions was was there any sort of because that's sort of kind of what their thing is, right? Is they'll grab a hold mm-hmm. of something and kind of shake it and see, shake what, it, yeah. And, and so that happened. Yeah, so that happened. It hit me and it shook me around, and then it did like another like tiny readjustment bite, you know, like bit and then bit again to get like a better grip or something. Uh-huh. So that's why there's like you know if you look, I have like two little bites next to each other. So yeah. that's why. And and how long was it? attack in total seconds oh it was like two seconds it was it was i mean it was quick but i mean everything kind of slowed down in that moment i was just like oh and then yeah it was just a quick shake bite again and and then i just came up to the surface and that that was it pretty much yeah and then the rest was just like just stay calm and get help you know so so you come up and you and you're disoriented and you yeah. at this point you don't know that you've been attacked by shark. yeah you're yeah kind of like know. what's going on here yeah and you see noah is far away so that that's starting to set off some alarms in your yeah. head and so then um was there like a pool of blood like how at what point did you go oh this wasn't just my friend screwing around with me yeah so i looked over and i saw noah and then i was like oh that's weird and i kind of like looked you know back you know and then there was just my wetsuit was all ripped up. My arm is all, you know, open and stuff. And there was just blood everywhere. I'm just, oh, my God. And honestly, I don't know why, but I just started swimming for some reason. <laughs> I just started swimming because there was a kayak about 70 yards away from the shore. And I don't know why I just swam. And I was just screaming, help, help me, help, help. And I was swimming as fast as I could. And I got to the kayak and I pulled myself on and then we go to shore. And what, I was, was the, what was it like swimming to the boat? I mean, 70 yards, you're not swimming towards shore. You're swimming towards yeah. the horizon line. Yeah, um, it was just, I just, it was just kind of like stay calm, but also panic, you know, to get people's attention. So I was just trying to swim as hard as I can. I have like, I have still have scars on my feet from my little surf fins, you know, I was, I was swimming so hard and, and I don't know, it was just kind of like desperation. Yeah. Just and, like, and were you, did you swim out to them? Cause you like, those guys are going to help me. Yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, like subconsciously, I think that's was like, Oh, there's people around the kayak, you know, because, um, my friend Chad who had the kayak that day, um, he put like a bunch of water and snacks and spear guns. Cause they were going to plan on being out there for like four or five hours, you know, just diving and diving. So, 
So they just had that out there, you know, with all their stuff. And I was like, oh, they're probably near it. So I'll just go. And by the time I got there, they got onto it because they heard me screaming. Right. And funny story, they actually thought I caught like my first lobster or a huge one. (laughs) And I was like screaming, whoa, yeah. (laughs) And they're like, yeah. And then I kept screaming like, oh, that probably isn't good. And then, yeah, I swim out to her and then I swim out to them. And then by the time I get there, they're all there on the kayak. And then I just pull myself on and I just kind of like lay over. And and Chad just sees like everything. He's just, oh, you know. And as you're swimming, you're going, I was attacked by a shark. No, I I still didn't know. Okay. Yeah, I still didn't know. I was just, yeah, just help me help. Let me ask you this. If you had known you were attacked by a shark, do you think you would have swam towards the kayak or towards the beach? Um, I, I think the kayak is what saved my life because yeah. there's nobody on on the shore and the shore was like a fat or like a farther swim, you know, yeah. and I think... You know, to go and on the kayak, I don't know why. I just think that's much better, and I think I still would have done the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and tell me about the guys on the kayak, because you mentioned his name was Chad and that he was your friend. So th- this was a part of your plan? No, no, no. I they actually, became friends. Yeah, okay. yeah. now we're friends. Yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't know so him. So you just saw two guys, or you saw guys on a kayak, and you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, so okay. I just, yeah, there was actually three of them. So there was Chad, Matthew, and then Andrew, and I didn't know him before, and now they're, they're definitely, they're, yeah, yeah, lifelong yeah. friends forever. And and so you climbed onto the kayak or did they kind of pull you up onto the kayak? No, or? I just, I used, because, you know, it was my left side and I was, everything was broken so I couldn't move and I just pulled on and just kicked as hard as I could and just, and then, you know, I got on and I flopped on and then that's when Chad saw everything. Okay, right. Yeah. And was it, a, is it a two-man kayak? No, uh, yeah, it was a one-man kayak. One so man. Chad, yeah, Chad and me, that's two. And then um, Andrew had to hold up the front. While and then uh, Matthew was holding and pushing onto the back, you know, to get us wow. to go faster. While a shark is chasing it, an eleven foot great white is chasing the kayak, and they're swimming around with him, just like still that kind of. So the shark out. was lurking around, hanging around, and they saw it. Um. Yeah, Chad saw it, yeah. and yeah, because it followed the blood. Because it's like, oh, I want, I want yeah. the rest of it, you know, and yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so at this point, you know that you've been attacked by a shark. No, still no, and it, like I heard. What them. are they saying? What, are they just keeping quiet? Um, no. So <laughs> they're going, <laughs> yeah. "Holy shit!" This yeah, is a yeah, shark no. following us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like for some, like I heard Chad scream, "Shark, shark, get out of the water!" But I was like, "No!" Like I still, I, I still was like, "Nope, not a shark," mm-hmm. or I thought it was something else. And then, um, uh, Andrew was talking to me on the front of the kayak, you know, because he's holding it up. He was like, so what's your name? I was like, Keen. He's like, Ian? I was like, no, Keen. He's like, Ian? Keen. He's like, Ian? And I was just like, whatever, fine. Just call me Ian. You know, yeah. like, oh, I just, uh, yeah. you know, and then he was like, okay, where are you from? And for some reason, I said Vermont, you know, because I, I used to live out east and I, I don't know why I said Vermont. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, are do you, are you in shock at this point or are you in pain? Um, yeah, I was definitely in pain because I've I've never broken a bone except for that day, you know, and you know my whole arm and everything was all broken, so I was in pain and kind of just in discomfort and everything was all messed up. But I don't think I was really. I mean, obviously I was in shock, but I think more of it was just in my mind, just like stay calm, you know, like 
Yeah. To stay calm, you don't want to have blood rushing, you know, and yeah. all that. So I was just trying to stay calm. So, so you still, though, don't – you haven't acknowledged that you were attacked yeah. by a shark. <laughs> yeah, somehow still. Yeah. I think it was when I got to the hospital it was when I finally realized, I was like, oh, I was bit by a shark? Like, I don't know why. I just didn't yeah. process it. <laughs> and and um, go ahead. That's good, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super good. Um, a pretty powerful shark attack. Obviously, they're they're powerful animals. Yeah. It broke your arm. Yeah, so it broke um, the humerus, which is kind of like by your bicep, the top of that. Um, my scapula, which is like your actual rotator cuff, that was broken in three different places. Um, my ball joint was like popped in half, like in two pieces, you know, like it was like sticking out. Yeah. And it took a lot of like my, my lat muscle and my deltoid muscle. And then my tricep, you can see it's like, you know, misshapen. And uh-huh. so it, it messed it up. Really powerful. And then, yeah, and all my face and like it. You know, like it split like my earlobe just right in half. Split earlobe. And you were telling me, we met a couple months ago. Yeah. And, you know, the, the question is, this is this was an, a very powerful shark attack. And I've seen pictures of you, and it's just horrific. Yeah. Like when you see it, you're like, oh, my God, how did that kid survive? And you were suggesting to me that because you were swimming up, your left arm was above your ear during a stroke – and that's when the shark hit, and that's what yeah. saved you from perhaps the shark getting your jugular, which would have been a horrific. Yeah. Situation. So, um, so I was going down, and then I was coming up, and I think I held it for too long, and I was just really trying to get to the surface. And I put my arm up, I think, mm-hmm. and and then that's when the shark bit me. And because my arm was up, you know, like right by my face, it um, it stopped the shark from biting over and protected my heart. And yeah, just you know, right here would have just punctured my heart and my lungs. So yeah, that just having my arm up just saved me so much. Yeah, and maybe your jugular too, right? Because this might have stopped yeah. you from getting in where because your ear got split in half. Yeah, you're just a few inches away from a real traumatic millimeter. Yeah, mil- yeah, millimeter for my jugular. So millimeter. I think yeah, that yeah, I never really thought about that either. Like yeah. my jugular, yeah. Hmm. Wow. And going back to when this thing hit you, do you know how? Um, I know that it's, this is a hard question, yeah. really. But do you recall how far you moved when the shark hit you? Did the shark push you and thrash you, like, say, 50 yards or 20 yards or 10 yards? or mm-hmm. hard set? I mean, it was going – I mean, you know, whenever, you know, great whites are about to attack, they go, like, 30 miles per hour. So that thing was going – that was booking it. So I probably went, you know, probably, like, 30, 40 feet. So yeah, pretty yeah. pretty far. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and also because I think it came from kind of like a back. It came from behind and then kind of up, so it kind of pushed me up a little bit too. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Gnarly. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. So these guys are helping you on the kayak. They're helping you get in. You're, yeah. You're disoriented. You're in pain. You've got a broken arm and your back. You probably don't even know what your back looks like at this point. You just know that. Was did the, was there a feeling of like, you know how when you stub your toe and you go in the ocean and there's that flapping feeling of the skin? Did you have any of that, like muscular flapping or skin flapping? Not really because I was just kind of sitting there on my side, but – I couldn't really feel like, you know, because there was a big flap of skin that was flopping over, but I couldn't really feel it. Um, I think the wetsuit was kind of keeping everything contained, you know, like how it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really feel the, the flapping, which is good. That probably suck. <laughs> and tell me about these two guys that are now your friends, or three, right? Three, three yeah. Guys. And there was an off-duty police officer, an yep. off-duty lifeguard, 
and one of their friends. And tell me about these guys, if you don't mind. Yeah, so Chad, we hang out almost every every weekend, sometimes every day during the summer. Um, and he he works on boats. You know, he does reverse osmosis, and um, and he's friends with Andrew. Um, I think they're like brothers in law. I don't know. They're they're just good friends. And then Andrew was a life, or yeah, he's a lifeguard. Where's he a guard at? Um, right now he's. Um, where was he? Uh, where he was? I think he was. He was a state guard. Yeah. State guard. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then now he's um, becoming. I think it's called like a permanent officer. You know that yeah. carry the gun and stuff. He's yeah, becoming yeah. one of those. He went through police academy and he graduates. Good job, Andrew. And then Matthew um, is a cop for Oceanside. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these guys are doing a pretty good job of keeping you calm as they swim you in. Yeah. They're asking you some simple questions. I, It's funny when you said that they were asking you your name and where you're from. I'm thinking in my head they're going, because I have some lifeguard experience, I know yeah. that they're going, just keep this guy's mind off of what just happened. Let's just talk. Honestly, I think, like, honestly, I think I kept them calm. Because I was, <laughs> honestly, I because if you ask all of them, I was sitting there and I was on the beach literally bleeding out to my death. I was like, can you take my fins off? I'm sorry I got blood in your kayak. I'm sorry I got blood all over. And like, no, 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 it's it's fine. You know, it's duh, don't worry about it. But yeah, I think I kept them calm and yeah, I don't know. All right, cool. Well, um, at this point, let's say you're on the beach. Um, there's crowds of people around you. Mm-hmm. The whole beach is probably, the people that are there, opening day lobster season, early morning, um, beach walkers too, I imagine. Yeah. Um, do you recall any of that when you're waiting on the beach right after you, you beached yourself and now you're dry docked? Yeah, I remember I was on the kayak and they were just surrounding me and I was just kind of like, you know, like in a huddle or something, you know, like for football. Like, yeah. And then they moved me to the, um, hi, <laughs> they moved me to the like stretcher thing and they wrapped a blanket around me. And yeah, I remember that was just kind of like a, like a weird time because we were waiting for the helicopter to land and I was just trying to like stay calm and keep everybody calm, but I was also like, "Am I gonna die? Am I gonna be able to go to school the yeah. next day?" Like, yeah. So it was yeah. pretty. It was a pretty wild experience. I remember, you know, they put like the oxygen mask on me, and you know, my face was all cut up, and they were putting the little elasticy thing, and he and he let go of it, and it just snapped around my face. I was like, "Oh." oh. That oh, I hate that. That's not good. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that was not fun. That's not part of the training that they. No. Did. So I imagine there's a lot of people kind of going, "What happened?" Blah, blah, blah. You know, like you're probably hearing that not to you, but to the bystanders around you that people are wondering mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah, I know on the on the cliff where my mom was, there was a ton of commotion, and yeah, just. Yeah, everything was going crazy. Okay, so this is pretty fascinating, right? That Ellie, that you were, and by the way, Ellie's sitting here with with Keen as we speak, um, and and so actually, it would be good to put the mic in front of you for just a second because let's get the mother's perspective. This has got to be the worst situation. Worst. If you could speak close to the mic too, that'd be helpful. So, what yeah. was going? Did you tell me what you saw happening? And then, at what point did you realize that your son had been? Yeah, Um, it is the most, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my whole entire life. Because um, when I took Keen, I've tried to like even hire someone to go out with him because I thought he's never done this. We had, that's our first time to Beacons. We had, we had to Google it to get there. (laughs) You know, we, we, he grew up in Vermont. So um, when I was there, the other mom, I looked at her and I said, there's no sharks out there, right? 
And she said, she said, oh, no, no, they're fine. It's fine. And I, I remember feeling like it was really eerie. And Keen had said to me, hey, mom, why don't you leave and you can pick me up in a couple hours? And I thought to myself, I, I considered it because it was 530 in the morning. But I said, no, I think I'm going to sit here just in case. I, don't, I really don't even know why I did that. And I was on the phone with my husband. I watched Keen. I knew exactly where he had gone out with Noah. I actually grilled Noah. I said, you know, are you a tenured swimmer? Have you done this before? I wanted to make sure Keen was with someone safe. I'm kind of neurotic that way. The last thing I said to them is, stay together. But anyways, I, so I knew exactly where he had gone out. Um, it was a very eerie thing for someone that hasn't been seen this happen before. You watch everybody descend down into the water and they have these little flashlights and they go into the water and then you can see from the cliff the lights turn on and they're moving around and it was very, very, it looked like aliens in the water. Anyways, um, I, and I, just so you know, I will likely tear up because it is a hard thing to talk about as I was sitting there on the phone with my husband and I heard, I started hearing the screams. And I asked my husband to stop. I said, stop, wait a second, I hear screams. And it definitely was of a, t- a teenage boy because it was cracking. It wasn't a man. It was, the yeah. voice was cracking. And I didn't want to be too neurotic to be like, oh, Keen's in trouble. So I just said, stop just a second. And my husband kept talking. I said, stop. And my husband actually said to me at that point, he goes, I go, I go, Ben, they're screaming. And it was bad. And he said, oh, it's probably just Keen getting eaten by a shark. No way. I swear to you, that's oh what he God. said. And I got so mad. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get off the phone. And what I noticed in that moment and the screaming, it was just, it was horrifying. It was and not, was and it was Keen screaming yeah. and it was just as loud and it was gut wrenching right. and it was echoing. And is this when he's in the water he's or in, on the beach? He's in the water right. and he's actually swimming to the kayak because what happened is Keen's screams stopped and all of a sudden you can, I could hear the men starting to yell. Yeah. And it was not, it was a panic. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, we're fine, you know. It was shark yeah. as loud. And the people that were up on the cliff, and there was walkers and surfers, I could see they started to panic. So I thought, okay, I need to go down and I need to get Keen out of the water. There's a shark in the water. So I started running and running and running down the switchback. And I remember every time I turned the switchback, I was looking at that spot to see if Keen was going to get out of the water. And I saw Noah get out and I saw Noah grab his head and shake and he was shaking his head. And I could tell that Noah was distraught and I just flipped out and I was screaming, get out of the water, Keen. And he never came out. I saw all the other divers come out and I saw them, you know, everyone was in a panic and I was like, I could not find my son. Like, where is he? You know? And then I saw the kayak, and I started running to the kayak as I'm like, oh, crap. And I looked over, and I said to Noah, Noah, is it keen? Is it a shark? And he just was was pale as can be, and he just nodded his head, yes. And I just felt like everything in my body just drained. I just couldn't even. I started running, and there was that 
circle of guys around, I didn't see Keen, but the circle of guys around the kayak. And as I was running, I was screaming. And one of the guys put his arm up and he yelled at me. And he said, if you can't stay calm, don't come over here. You know, and as he put his arm up, I just saw Keen on the kayak, just basically in a bath of blood. So I turned around and I felt weak and I felt I was confused, and this diver, he just grabbed me and held me up. And I said to him, I said, that's my son. I get so sick at the sight of blood. Could you please tell me what's going on? I don't want this to be my last memory of Keen. You know, like I was scared of what I would see. So he sat there, and he talked me through it. Okay, they're moving him over here. Okay, it looks like he's talking. He's laughing. He's actually, now everyone's laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And you know, I just, and I thought, oh my God, this is so outrageous. He's probably, it's probably a stingray, you know? (laughs) And I'm here freaking out. And all of a sudden, you know, there's this big crowd And I thought, oh, Keen, what did you get us into? You probably got a little nibble. (laughs) And and now this is such a big deal. Wow. Well, that's... Sorry to... It's so emotional. It's great. You can't even understand, like, for the last two years, that's what I go to bed and I... In my mind, that's running down that switchback is my nemesis. You know? It's it, yeah. to me. It's like apocalypse now at beacons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I look. The fact of the matter is, is that there's no guy that can ever relate to what a mother um, her feelings for her children, and, and it's obviously I think it's a known genetic thing that it's a much stronger pull, um, maybe a deeper pull. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but uh, it's obvious because I have a wife when we have children, and I know that she would have reacted the exact same way that you and every other mother in the world would have reacted. So um, I appreciate your, your honesty and your, I'm tearing up. You know, you got me tearing up. Keen's smiling. (laughs) Um, So you're on the beach, Keen. And and so the helicopter lands, right? Like, so we've got life flight coming in to pick you up. Um, At that point, how are you feeling? Well, so before the helicopter actually lands, there's this dude, and he was he was actually flying a drone in the like landing zone, and I remember I was just like, "Why? Just it's not that important." And the helicopter had to go away, and I like saw it like you know oh, fly away, and I was just like, like, ugh. and then I saw the cops you know running up the trail, just you know yelling at him, and I was just like, "Dude, you." You suck. You just you're yeah. you're terrible. <laughs> yeah. And then the helicopter finally landed, and I I was still just kind of unsure like what was gonna happen. How they laid over you? He all the sand out of his wound. Oh, oh yeah, they yeah, yeah they put so a blanket cool. over me and they, well they all put their bodies over him because he had all those open wounds and the sand oh, yeah. was gnarly and that was a pretty neat. I've never seen anything like that. But just to keep that sand, all the guys just hovered over him. It was so cool. Wow. Yeah, and then yeah, so they, uh, you know, they tented me, you know, and then, um, and then they like, get me onto this little stretcher thing, and then I like I, my mom came over and she like talked to me. And she's like, "Hey, you're gonna be okay," and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be okay, mom. I love you, bye." And then because she went in the helicopter and I went in the back, and then yeah, I just went into the helicopter and I just. It was a pretty terrible helicopter ride. Uh, it wasn't too fun, but yeah, and then I, it was a pretty quick one. But 
I feel like that was like a long, you know, that was, it was only six minutes, but that was a long, long six minutes. <laughs> yeah. And so when you say it's long, are you, are you still concerned for your own, the possibility of you perishing or? Um, I, I feel like in, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm in the helicopter. You know, they have supplies, they have water, they have the mask and everything. So I feel like, you know, obviously I could die, but I feel like I, the chances are much less, you know, and I was just trying to like look out the side of the window, you know, and see the, see the palm trees. And the dude was like talking to me and stuff. And, and was he saying, look, you're stable, you're no. stable. He doesn't remember it correctly because he's so, he's such a calm, easy kid. And I think that's what saved his life. But as I was sitting in the front, which there's, you cannot look in the back of the helicopter. So you don't know what's going on there. If you're sitting in the front, and they were telling me, okay, he's okay. And all of a sudden, they took me off the radio. And you, could, I could tell that the guy flying the helicopter was, like, conversing with him. And he got back on, and he said to me, he said, ma'am, we're going to have to start giving him medication now. He's turning cold. And he's starting to go into major shock. Yeah. And so you probably just don't remember that part. But... um. That was, you know, and I couldn't see him back there. I didn't know. I thought maybe he was dying, you know, in the back. So do you remember that? Um, No, I really, yeah, I don't really remember that. I just remember, you know, just kind of being back there and just trying to, like, look out the window. Um, but yeah, I don't remember going into the, going into shock and getting anything. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, um, you know, now let's just say you're in the hospital, you know, they're they're dealing with you. Um are they, uh, I mean, obviously they're rushing you into surgery. No. No. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. So I got off the helicopter and they put me on one of those, you know, little metal table thingies. And I remember just seeing the, like the lights pass, you know, cause I was on my back and I was just like, this is kind of like from a movie or something. And so I get in there and I'm just on this table and there's everybody just around me and they're just talking and they're like on their iPads, you know, like drawing and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? Like I am, I'm dying and you're just sitting there on your iPad you know, I was just (laughs) like, I'm still kind of confused. But then now I realize that like they, they've never dealt with a shark attack. So they're just kind of, you know, trying to figure everything out. And I remember just kind of sitting there and uh, this lady was talking to me and I could hear them talking. I could hear like some things like, you know, Oh, we could cut it here. I'm like, cut cut what? What are you going to cut? And um, I, now I know that they were going to cut off my arm just to you know, oh, cut wow. it off and then just, you know. Gnarly. Yeah, so I could have yeah, I could have had no arm. But I, I was just talking to this lady and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm really thirsty. Can you give me some water? She was like, here. And she gave me a drop of water. I was just, oh yeah. like, yeah, I was just trying to stay calm and just, I don't know. And I remember my mom was like, you can just cry a tear into your mouth and drink it. And I was like. <laughs> That's awfully. That's awfully maternal. Yeah, that's incredibly motherly. Yeah, yeah but, but you have to tell him. So let me just tell yeah, you what yeah. happened. Uh-huh. So Keen was so calm. So they're uh, what they want to do in trauma. Where they want, are you, by the way? Are you there I'm right outside? Right outside the trauma bay. So yeah. it was like a movie. The, the halls were lined with trauma. Like the minute the doors open. And I was walking with Keen, and one of the ladies just pulled me aside. You're the mother. And I was just sitting there, sandy and shock, and yeah. while they were assessing him. And so when they went in to assess him, he had no major arteries. It, the the uh, surgeon said that that shark was like a surgeon and missed every major artery. So his jugular, the major artery in your arm. Um, and so they assessed him, 
and they gave him blood and they did talk about removing his arm because it was so bad and they in trauma they want to get you closed up so you can just stop losing blood but Kima's was calm as can be so they came out and they said we've made a decision we are gonna call in our a team like and they might not be here because one of the doctors is in san francisco we're gonna fly him down right now uh one's in surgery and some had to come in from irvine and they said because your son is so calm we think that we can stabilize him for about three hours before the surgery. So really it's his demeanor that helped him out. And when that doctor came down from San Francisco, he looked at Keen and his injuries and they decided that they would do it in one surgery. Instead of closing him up and going back in later and fixing things, he said, let's just go for it. Um, they gave him blood. They had to irrigate his body for over an hour to get all the sand out, mm-hmm. all those open wounds. And, um, Were and you, I'm sorry, but was he? Un- did they put him under? They put stuff? him under. So for yeah. the three hours, he sat there pretty medicated, very thirsty, all sandy, and we just waited for these doctors to be flown in. Yeah. Um, which was were amazing. They irrigating him while the doctors were flying in. No, they in the no. It was so gnarly. He would be in so much pain. Yeah. I mean, his his whole back. And you've seen the pictures when when you look at the bite. It it like basically shredded all the muscle and skin from one side to the other. You know. Yeah, it looks like one of those street vendors that you see in like Portugal, and they take a piece of carne and they slice it all the way down and. Like maybe a heroes or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. It was it it literally was raw meat. I I wasn't able to look at that time, but now I've been able to look at the pictures. I didn't want to remember it for a while, but so anyway, sorry you you didn't really know this was going on, but so three hours, and um they they gave him blood, and it was it was an ordeal. So this it, must have been cool though that they brought in the A team. You're like cool. I mean, like right? You're like. Well, because the not that there's a B team there, but they they immediately just wanted to sew him up, maybe remove his arm and get him out of the trauma right. because they were worried about his trauma. But the fact is, is that Keen is so calm. Like even yeah. you can tell just talking to him, he's just a calm kid. And because of that, that saved his arm. That's fascinating. Yeah, calm. Because I imagine, and I'm not a doctor, but I imagine what they do is they go, look, we don't want to lose a life here. And if the right. kid's freaking out, let's get him stabilized. And that might mean taking his arm. But because Keen is a calm kid, you know what? We might be able to call in the A-team, and they did. Yeah, he had lost half the blood in his body. So he – yeah, over half. I mean, I, I forget what the numbers are, but he was – it was close to death. Like, it really was close to death. So they gave him blood, um, and it was it was terrifying. I mean, we – we had no idea at that point. They want, were worried about punctured lungs. It, the shark didn't puncture his lung, didn't hit his jugular, and didn't hit any major arteries. We're, thank God, every day. How long was your surgery? Um, uh, six hours. Six hours. One, yeah, that was, one big surgery. Yeah, one big surgery. Then going back to like the, you know, the hemoglobin. So your hemoglobin is like your normal blood level, and normally you're at twelve, and you die at four. Or I nearly died at three, and I was at four. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 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 I was seconds right, away. Yeah, close, yeah, close. I was pretty close. And um, so you get out of surgery, and imagine it's going to take you a day to even wake up. Probably when you wake up, whatever time it was, um, 
do you recall any of that? Like, what was that first like opening your eyes and going, what, like, was there a what happened moment? Kind of. Yeah. Like I remember I woke up and I, I was in a sling or yeah, I was in a sling and there was all these like wires everywhere. I was like, what is going on? And then I remember like, I see my mom and then there were these like couple, you know, three doctors and a nurse. And I just woke up and I was just like, Oh, hi. You know, like nothing happened. Yeah. And we we're just like, you know, just they're like talking. And I remember I was just like, Oh my God, he was awake. Uh, he's alive, you know? And then they came over and just talked to me like, how are you feeling? You know, does anything feel weird? I was like, no, I'm good. And yeah, I, I was just kind of, you know, yeah. And I was just kind of, you know, I really, I still really didn't know what happened and I was really in no pain at all. Um, pain meds but yeah, yeah pain I, meds are powerful yeah <laughs> yeah but he was only on pain meds for two days and after that he was on tylenol after two days he wow. saw the injury yeah it was incredible and he had a level four pain it was all he had through the whole time wow level four yeah um but we're men a four for a man is a 20 yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's amazing except for the IV hurt more. Yeah, that, the IV. Yeah, I don't know why that hurt more. <laughs> yeah. So when you woke up, were you on your stomach or were you on your back? No, I was on my back. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I was, yeah, I was just facing out. I was like, oh, so what oh. kind of rehab did you face after this? What were the next, what was the next year like for you regarding? So first better? it was just kind of in the hospital, you know, like walking around and then it was just kind of moving my arm and then um, it was just going to doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it was just... Well, a lot of it actually was just infectious disease, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, the ocean's sure. pretty dirty, you know, and a lot of that got in me. So they want to make sure that there was no infections. And then a lot of it was like scar stuff. And so it was just a ton of doctor's appointments, seeing if I could even move my arm, x-rays, all of that. Yeah. And then I went to Nakoa, which is a PT place. And then we really just worked for a long time on everything, make sure I could move my arm this way, every way, full range of motion, and then um, having to uh, stretch the skin because they didn't um, give me a skin graft, you know, so I didn't take any other skin. And they just stretched, you know, that big flap all the way over and around. Gnarly. And so it was just super tight. So they had to actually stretch it and stretch the scars. And, like, they took, like, the end of a like a spoon or something and scraped the scars to get the scar tissue away. And that, that sucked. I bet. That's painful. Right. Yeah, especially, yeah. yeah, they're so sensitive. And then you had to do my face, which is the most sensitive. And that, yeah, that was not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're also, um, on some level, you're a bit of a celebrity. I mean, I know you were in this household and you were in, in all of San Diego County. I mean, this is yeah. a pretty big news story. Yeah. So what was that like managing the media? And I'm sure that's probably more what your mom dealt with than you. I'm sure she kept everyone at, at arm's length. Yeah, um, I remember she did like a pref- press conference um, right out from the, uh, you know, right outside the room and stuff. And a lot of it was just kind of, I don't know, it was just kind of shocking, you know, because like I was, I remember the first time like I went to a grocery store and we were just like buying like tortilla chips or whatever. And like we go up to check out and then everybody, like someone just starts clapping. And I was like, uh, like, you know, like, is that for me? You know, I was like, for me? And then everybody else started clapping. They're like, hey, so glad you're okay. I was just, oh, my God, thank you so much, you know. And, like, it was pretty, you know, crazy just to be in the middle of the store and just be recognized. And then, you know, Tony Hawk came, and I was like, wow, I am special enough to have Tony Hawk come to my room. Like, that was just kind of like a big shock, and I was just so thankful to have, like, everybody on my side, you know, like, 
you know, American Spearfishing, Nakoa, Tony Hawk, like everybody. And, yeah. you know, just have all that support. And it was just kind of, I don't know, it was just so amazing yeah. and so helpful. And then the media, like everybody was so nice to me. And I don't know, it was just, it was very confusing, you know, especially for me. Mm-hmm. But it was, I don't know, it was, it was, yeah. it was fun. And yeah. I'm so thankful for it. And I got all, all those opportunities. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really special. And, and we should give a shout out, I think, to the Radies Children's Hospital. Yeah, they did an amazing job. And, yeah. you know, the hospitals are not fun. But if if you have to go to one, yeah, Radies, yeah. Radies makes it good and they they do a great job and they're they're all really nice and they do a great job that's so, that's so yeah, cool. i'm so thankful for them so perhaps the we've gone through a lot here but in my mind perhaps the great the most amazing thing that's happened out of all this is that you have uh revisited this whole situation so um i'm of the understanding you told me that you took it upon yourself to sort of face your fear uh, if in fact you even had one right of of the great white shark so yeah tell me a little bit about that what was at what point did you go mom guess what i'm going back in the ocean <laughs> literally right when i woke up from my surgery i was like mom when can i go surfing she's like oh shut up you're on pain meds or whatever i was like okay and then a couple you know a couple hours i was like mom can we go surfing again she's like no shut up and then weeks would go by i was like mom can i go surfing she's like fine, whatever, just, you know, and I had to make sure I was strong enough, you know, because I had a 4-3, and that's terrible, that was terrible to get in, like, I could barely even get my shirt on with my sling, so she's like, you have to have your arms strong enough, I had to go through swim lessons again, to make sure, like, in case something, you know, hurt, I could swim with one arm, and just my legs and stuff, and I think that was just kind of what motivated me, was like, I did all this work to get even to put my shirt on or put, get dressed or lift up, you know, pots and pans. Yeah. So I'm going to get back in the ocean. And I just, I knew just from the day I woke up, I didn't, I, I didn't want to stay out of the water. I wanted to go back in. Right. And, and, and you didn't just go surfing. You, um, you did some amazing stuff and I'm not sure the chronology of this, but at some point you went down to Mexico to, to dive with the great white sharks. Yep. Yeah. So how long, um, since your surgery, um, did that take place? Yeah, I think one year exactly. Um, so I, so yeah, I, I spent a whole year and I was surfing like three months after the bite. I got in the water for the first time. And then exactly one year later, September 27th, I went down to Guadalupe Island and I dove with gray white sharks in like the, in the cage, you know. Mm-hmm. And what was that, and that like? That was so much fun not only was like the fun? trip yeah i mean <laughs> no that's okay good so i know yeah fun. yeah i went with chad you know the kayak kayak man and yeah. then i went with my friend nathan and like not only being there with chad you know who's there with me and nathan who's who's like who you know like one of my best friends too yeah like to have them with me and you know for such like a big thing yeah and then seeing them because i never saw the shark that bit me so it was good to see like the the beast you know that that yeah. Almost ended it all, and it was. I don't know. Not only were it, was it cool to see how peaceful they are, like really, like you know, just doing like laps and just kind of swimming slowly, you know. And not only that, but also just to see what one looked like in yeah. in person. Yeah, it was. It was just a trip of a lifetime. What did the tour operator down on the boat? Did he know that who you were? Did they let him them know that you were yeah. a shark attack, great white shark attack? Uh, yeah, he did. So, um, uh, John from Islander Charter is the captain. Um, he, he knew what happened and they wanted to be a part of, you know, my journey. And so they, 
they, you know, thankfully. Is that out of here, out of San Diego? Yeah, out of yeah. Mission Bay. Or well, we took a bus down to Mexico. But yeah, they yeah. they do fishing charters and everything Is there. It John Walla. Um, I no. was he a surfer? I yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a surfer. But I know, yeah, like Steve from that. Yeah, that whole boat is just amazing. But How they old was John. Um, thirty-ish. Yeah, about yeah, might yeah. have been John Walla. Wouldn't surprise. I think so. Familiar. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they, they gave him the trip. Yeah, they and gave the me the trip. That saved his life. Sweet. They gave it to him. Yeah, and I'm so thankful for that. You know, just I think that also helped my mental health. Really, you know, just being able to see, you know, like the the so, shark. You so know, no anxiety when you're on the boat about to go into the cage, and, and <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. no anxiety. You were like, "Let's go!" I'm, a, you know, like there was no like, yeah, like prep. Like there was no, okay, we got this. Like, yeah, I mean. I got my suit on and Nathan was like getting, or I was like getting my suit on. Nathan was like, well, slow down, slow down. I want to film this. And I was like, come on, come on, Nate. And he's like, no, it's not even in the water housing yet. And I was just jumping in already. He's like, I missed the shot. <laughs> and he was like, okay, can you get out and do it again? And I was, just, I know it was, yeah, I no anxiety at all. I, I was just, I wanted to go in and yeah, I was just. And prior to this, were you doing some YouTube research about great white sharks? I'm sure you must have been sort of. Yep. I can tell that you're an inquisitive guy. Yep. Same thing. I was just, I was so pumped, and I was watching YouTube videos and like searching about, you know, researching like, oh, great white sharks are the large, or you know, doing the whole research and everything. And I was just so pumped. And then the day that I came, then you know, that day I was just, yes, I get to go, and it was just, oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you ever see the sharks in an aggressive state down there, or were they rather docile and just kind of cruisy? Um, I actually saw them in you know in both states because they would. So you're not supposed to like chum, I guess. But yeah. what they would do to get them close to the boat is they would throw like tuna. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, okay. but do. don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I saw them in both attacking and and right. um you know just cruising. And how big? How big of the sharks were you seeing? Um, I saw an 18 footer and that was not only how long it was, but it was probably six feet wide. And it, like, I looked down and, you know, like the cage is like see-through and I just looked down and it was just the shadow and I was just, oh, and then, like I backed up to the back of the cage. I was just, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, I do not want to go down there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It was. <laughs> and then to, to sort of further your progress along this, um, you know, I, I, I really do think it's some that you're just more inquisitive about what it was that attacked you as opposed to, and I don't mean to put thoughts or words into your, into your story, but as opposed to um, fearful and and perhaps no one knows, maybe, you know, um, because you didn't see it face on, it might be a little bit easier for you to approach this situation, but you, uh, and correct me if any of that's wrong, but, but I want what I want to get to is, you two years later you went back to opening day at the same location Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like what you're saying like i think since i didn't all right i didn't see the shark that makes it a lot better because you know i don't have that vision or anything coming you know at me or chasing me or anything so i think you know that was you know very good but yeah two two years later and i you know i went back to beacons on opening day almost a year or two years exactly you know the same day and I went out with, you know, Nathan and Chad and Matthew was there and then all my other dive friends, you know, Josh and everybody. And we just had this huge group, you know, like, you know, Beacons has like the, you know, the little um, like railings, you know, uh, before the cliff. And there was just like all of us just lined up and it was just so awesome to have the only people who have like, you know, who are great divers and just such good friends, but also people have, who have been there 
pretty much since, since the beginning, you know, like Josh, I would go down to his shop every day and just hang out with him. Like, hey, Josh, you know, and learn about spearfishing. And it was just so just awesome to have and just amazing to have them by my side, you know, that day. And I, that's what really, you know, like helped it out a lot you know, cool. to, for me to get back in the water. A sense of community and fellowship around yeah. you and the experience. Yeah, exactly. It does sound like a pretty special moment. Yeah, it was. Two years later. Yeah, it was a fun And what day. were you thinking, Mom? Well, I do want to say that when King got bit, I was worried the most about his emotional state after we found out that he was going to live. That was on the forefront of my mind was the trauma. So... I immediately got Keen into trauma therapy. And I'm like, he needs trauma therapy. And the therapist said he he doesn't. <laughs> and she said it might show up later. And I'm like, are you kidding me? After what this kid has gone through. So funny enough is I needed the trauma therapy and not Keen. Um, and then I just have a lot of – I wanted Keen to p- pick up golfing. I thought we're not going to go back into the water. We're, we live six miles from the beach. We'll just go the other way and golf or maybe move to Montana. We're not going near the water. But through my therapy and with Keen just constantly talking about the ocean and me not letting him go in, it was it was a big pull between him and I. My therapist sat me down and she said, you got to let him go back in. You got to let him. And if you don't, you will change the trajectory of his life, his natural life of the way that he wants to work. And that was the hardest thing. So... I put a lot of rules around it. He had to be strong. He had to be able to swim, you know, six laps with one arm. But he also had to go for the first year with one of the guys that saved his life. And that's more of a mental thing for me because in my mind, if they saved his life once, they'd save it again. Um, So I still am. I have a good – I have a drone I follow Keen around on. (laughs) I have binoculars. I'm the only mom at surf team practice every time. I'm working through it. Yeah. And I'm working through those tools. I, but for me, it's horrifying. For me, it's the worst thing. But Keen is like my he's, – he's kind of my guide on this journey. If he's okay, then I should be okay. Yeah. You know, and that's a really hard thing as a mother. You well, know? It's fascinating, isn't it, how much – you know, it's so cliche that we learn more from our kids than they learn from us. Absolutely. And this seems to be the case here. Yeah, Keen has taught me a lot, and Keen, I think you would probably agree that I'm a lot better. I, I let you go, and I don't have to be there. But he's not—he doesn't go surfing by himself still, yeah. and that's me. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I noticed that you have a, a gold shark's tooth around your neck, a pendant. Yeah. Tell me what that's about. It was a gift, and I do. You know, this journey that. I would say Keen and I are on, like, because it's not just Keen. I've been through with him every step of the way. There, it was so horrible and so terrifying. But the flip side of it is that the experience has been so life changing, and it's it's something that not everyone is given. I'm so fortunate that Keen lived, and the things that we've learned and grown through it. So I wear the necklace because. Because we can. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a little tchotchke. It yeah. really means something to me. I feel grateful. I'm just glad that Keen's alive. He yeah. really shouldn't have lived. Yeah. And so, you know, I just kind of live in that every day. And now he's just flourishing, and I'm with my binoculars watching. <laughs> so, Keen, a couple of things. You need to make an amendment to your mother's rules that when you go on a date, there's <laughs> no drones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, the, the, one of the questions that I have for you is, 
the concept of a higher power, the concept of a deity, the concept of some universal spirit, call it what you will. Is this something that you had in your life before this, or is this something that has maybe welled up in you, or is this something that you're just not part of you right now? No, I, that's actually how I met Noah was, um, I went to this like youth group, you know, it's called pipeline and we met there and we were just, you know, it was like this, you know, we couldn't yeah. stop hanging out. And and I feel like definitely that day it was like, no, he is, he's going to live, you know, and this is, this is going to go right because, you know, it was low tide, um, at beacons. And if it was high tide, the helicopter couldn't have landed. So because it was low tide, you know, and everything just worked out perfectly, I feel like something was just like, no, let's just, you know, change that and it'll just work out, you know? Yeah. So I feel like something, you know, call it whatever you want, but something was there helping yeah. and guiding me and helping guiding everyone else, you know, cool. to make everything I, work out. I have something to say on that point, and I apologize for taking over the podcast here, but I want to say that um, when we got into the helicopter as we were flying away, I saw the divers that had to get out of the water, drop to their knees and start praying. I, I, I watched these big men pray. And months later, I was at the Encinitas, you know, outdoor thing. And these moms came up to me and they said, we live at Beacons. And we got down on our knees as we saw that helicopter fly away. And we prayed. And, you know, we're not an extremely religious, but we, I am so grateful. And that power of prayer, like I said, is keen was he should, everything said he should have died that day and he didn't. And so we're just immensely grateful, you know, for those, you know, and the way that I always explain it is it could have been anyone's kid here in Encinitas. Keena's not an avid surfer, lobster diver or anything. And every mother put their feet in my shoes and dropped to the ground and prayed. And the support that we got from Encinitas, it was amazing in Carlsbad and the surrounding areas. It was Every single mom and every family said, our lives are at the beach, and that could have been my son. Yeah. You know, it was sure. really amazing. Sure. And um, and now you, you've got this. Um, tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. There was, you mentioned to me something about 300 days. Yeah, so um, I'm just making like a you know, personal goal to, um, to do 301 days on the water, where whether it's surfing or diving or fishing or even just like kayaking, anything. I just want to be on the water as much as I can this year. And it's just, first of all, like I I just love the ocean. I want to be there. But it's also about just like come along with this journey with me and you can see, you know, that like so this happened to me. You know, this happened to me and it was a very, very big part of my life and it changed my life forever and it, you know, it's still changing my life. And, but you know, that happened to me and I'm not getting off my off that horse, you know, I'm still out there charging it, going as hard as I can, you know, and I think that's, you know, like, obviously, it's okay to be scared by something and not do it. But I, I you know, just don't let fear overcome it just because, you know, you fell off or you scraped your knee or something doesn't mean that you should stop, you know, doing what you love. And that's, that's mainly what's about is, you know, I love the ocean, I'm not gonna let that, you know, stop me. You just hit 50 days on Sunday, but it's 50 days this year. Yeah, 50 so days. Far. Cool. That's pretty good. That's yeah. great. Yeah, 50, yeah. That's awesome. I'm stoked for you. Now, um, my final thoughts on this. What about um, people reaching out to you like Bethany Hamilton or some of the other surfers that are shark attack survivors such as yourself? Have you yeah. spoken with any of them? 
Yeah, so I went out um I went out to Kauai and I so every year Bethany has a thing that's beauty beautifully flawed. Yes. Sorry. And um it's where they take amputee, you know, women and mm-hmm. they teach them how to surf. And this or last year actually was the first year they did it for men, so amputees and she invited me out there to go and help them and I was just like this is amazing. I can go out and meet not only Bethany and she came to the hospital, but I like I could just go help people, you know, and that that was just my such, coot. yeah, and my coots, and that was just such a fun experience. And so, I don't know, just so. So Bethany came out to Radies when you were there right at the beginning. Well, yeah, because she was there for Beauti- Beautifully Flawed. And then so she just happened to be in town. And then she came um, like six or seven to days. House. Yeah, to our house, actually. And we played pool and everything. And, yeah, it was cool. just so awesome. And then I met my coots. Yeah. And, yeah, and Maria. Bite. Yeah, and we have, and uh, Bike Club is this. Uh, group based out in like Australia yeah and it's just shark attack survivors you know yeah and it's just like on Facebook or something and people can come together and just you know talk about it and help other people through it you know because not a lot of people get put by sharks so it's you know it's kind of hard to find support and stuff and then it's just so good to have that support and you know my coots and Bethany Hamilton you know so good to like hear their stories and hear what they did and yeah, and and, to, and then, you know, just kind of build off them. And then and I went to um, Newport Beach and swam with this lady, um, Maria, and she was attacked. And uh, like three or four years mm-hmm. later, she was going back to the exact spot, and she swam for the first time, and I was out there swimming with her, and that was just such a wow. awesome experience. Where was that? Um, Corona Del Mar. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Corona Del Mar. And they also support, there was probably about five, shark, four shark attacks around. Yeah, there was four others. Oh, cool. It's really yeah. weird, weird. We call them our sharky friends. Yep. <laughs> so weird. That's great. That's great. Well, I mean, we hope that they, we don't get more people added to this, to yeah. this fellowship, so to speak. But, yeah. Uh, it's probably going to happen. There was a shark attack recently. Yeah. yeah. We're in Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. But, you know, from Bike, Bike Club, just an interesting little fun fact is that over in Australia, we probably get a new member to the club once a week. Wow. And sometimes it's multiple people in a week. And mm. there's lots of death and we even people who lose someone are part of the club. And here in California, I mean, fortunately, there's been a few non-fatal, non-tragic uh, attacks. Probably, we've probably gotten five new members in the last year and a half. Yeah. So it's not as many, yeah. you know, but that's just something to think about of what's going on in Australia and over in Reunion Island. Oh, and yeah. I mean, it, that's where most of the members are. Yeah. I, I truly hope it's never like that here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'll just sidestep all the politics of it all. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, but what have I missed? What are, what are we missing out on here? What have I? Um, I just want to say that I am so thankful for, you know, not only being here, but also everybody's support, you know, whether it's, you know, Ken Brown or I call him Melmo or Seabold or Merrick Spearfishing and Good Morning America. Like I'm just, yeah, Sticky Bumps, everybody. I'm just so thankful for all of it. And I feel like that's just, you know, their support just made me, know be where i am today be as well like mentally and physically and just i don't know just it made me who i am and i'm just really thankful cool mm-hmm. and, and melmo he's a he's a um, pretty well-known carlsbad shaper yeah right? he's yeah he's how epic. many boards have you made 
Um, I actually made my first ever board with him. I made like an egg, you know, I was listening to the Devin Howard episode and then I have a long board back there that I'm trying out and yeah, he's, yeah, he's just, he's cool. epic. Yeah. And do you feel like you've gotten the, um, sort of the shaping bug, if you will? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I have the bug. Cool. I want to, yeah. You're ready to make another one. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's fun. All right. Well, good. Um, well, Keen Hayes. Yep. Right? Is it Weber Hayes? Uh, Keen Webray Hayes. It's yeah, pretty good. Webray? Webray, yes. Webray Hayes? Basque. Yeah. yeah, Basque. Oh, interesting. Okay. And your mother, Ellie, it's so much fun talking to you guys. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, thanks so much for, having, for having us and um, and being here. I mean, and uh, it's a powerful story, and it's I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm sure our listeners will too, so yeah. thanks. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Yeah. Um,